Step aside, AIDS. Move over, COVID. There's a new plague in town. Monkeypox. This week, the World Health Organization declared the spread of monkeypox a global health emergency. For now, men who have sex with men are the highest at risk, but that could change very quickly if our healthcare system doesn't get it under control. Even worse, if the press continues to position this as a sequel to AIDS, folks may hesitate to get help if they worry that people will think they're gay. Today, comedian Matt Brown, Miss Brown if you're nasty, joins us to take a look at the hilariously named, but definitely no joke, monkeypox pandemic, and how for gay men who lived through the AIDS crisis, this feels like deja vu all over again. Plus, Macy Gray and Bette Midler fall prey to right-wing misinformation on trans women. Actor Ryan Gosling says he agreed to play Ken in the upcoming live-action Barbie movie after receiving a sign from the universe. 80s pop star Pat Benatar says she won't sing Hit Me With Your Best Shot because she thinks it glorifies mass shootings. And a look at Jennifer Holliday's unique singing style and Matt Brown's web series Black Music Archive. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. You know, I've been making jokes about the AIDS for as long as the AIDS crisis has been happening. Well, gallows humor gets you through it. Yeah, you know, comedy is a way of dealing with some terrible things and allowing you to sort of laugh at the face of adversity, danger, and sorrow. Mm -hmm. And our guest today uh, excels at that. It's comedian Matt Brown, Miss Brown comic, if you're nasty. I just, I'm so happy I know that we're recording this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so fucking confused. God, I'm just happy to be here wherever I so am, like whoever that you are. So like downtime, we're like typing away, you thought we were recording? I don't know. I don't know nothing. I just show up with a smile on my face and a song in my heart. I don't oh. know. I don't know nothing. Matt, Matt's like, I'm just looking for a place to sit down. Honestly, my fucking back, my knees. <laughs> oh, righty's had a tough day already. Oh, Oh, yeah. Are you okay? To lick them, your back and your knees. I know, right? And I'm okay. I just, uh, I have, you know, good old fashioned, you know, stage injuries that, you know, just keep getting worse. Well, the thing about it is, is that for Mark and I, we grew up uh, with the loom of the AIDS crisis, uh, shaping our sex lives, our identity as gay men. The fruit of the loom. The fruit of the loom. <laughs> and, um, you know, then uh, for some other people, it was uh, COVID shaping their lives. And now monkeypox is mm -hmm. uh, on the rise. So the CDC and especially targeting people who have sex with men. And a lot of health experts are warning that just like the AIDS crisis, a lot of people who may catch monkeypox won't come forward because they see it as a gay disease. And so they don't want to like, you know, associate themselves with gay people because of their own internalized homophobia or they worried about coming out or something like that. So the, you know, the same mechanisms that hold people back mm -hmm. from seeking medical treatment which makes pandemics or diseases worse mm -hmm. may happen with monkeypox, right? Well, now. if that's how you feel in 2022, you can die in your house alone, you fag hater. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> grow up. I'm afraid to go to the doctor because mm -hmm. I touched a towel that mm -hmm. someone else had at the gym and now I have bumps on my hands and I don't want them to think I jerked off 40 dudes at a truck stop. Could we like just really stop doing that conservative like mumbo jumbo where we just jump everything to gay sex? Yeah. Like it's really just obnoxious. I mean, you don't even have to have sex to get it. You just no. have to body contact so you no. can just be like you know making out with somebody yeah. shirtless on the dance floor at the bar rubbing up against somebody and then how many strangers boom. have we all kissed in a night Come yeah on. well i mean i know at least 12 people this week in chicago that caught monkeypox 12 people yeah damn wow. you were fucking everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you busy bitch <laughs> busy bitch I, You're do, welcome. I do have a friend on facebook who got it and he said it was just like it's it's really really terrible he had a horrible fever his tongue swelled up because he got it in his mouth and it's just like it's 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 rough and painful and there's a guy on twitter who got um a, you know a pox sore in his anus and he's just mm. like this is terrible mm. so, so yeah see seek medical attention and I guess at Northwestern here hospital has some kind of like protocol antiviral protocol for monkeypox. But I think one weird thing that's happening is that gay bars, which are usually, you know, sort of drinks where people meet are now uh, cooperating or working with health organizations mm -hmm. to try to get vaccines into gay men's bodies. 
But the problem they have with it is like, so they only get like 200 of them and there's about 400 people on the sidewalk lining mm-hmm. up and they could just quickly say, Hey, we only have 200 everybody, you know, give them out Willy Wonka tickets, you yeah. know, like you golden get a ticket. golden ticket to monkeypox, and the rest of you have to come back next week or something like that. Yeah. We're doing like this public health capitalism shit, which is really successful and makes everyone's life so much better. Like really, uh, yeah. you, you have half the people that uh, can get vaccinated to get in the bar. They're spending a bunch of money. And then you've got all the people waiting in line who are coughing, sneezing and blowing each other. Just, you know, letting that fucking transfer. And then they're still going to wander into the bar. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the bar wins and it doesn't really, really, to me, make a lot of sense to try and institute mm-hmm. the vaccines there because like, okay, kids get vaccinated or like see a dentist in a public school because like, that's like a publicly funded space. Mm-hmm. This is just a fucking bar. It's a private business. I don't, I don't understand. I just, I don't. I think why. it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the issue that I have with is that there's a long line on the street and the bar is profiting from the fact that no, the people don't know why they're in line and they're just thinking, oh my God, this bar is so they, popular. They know why they're in line. They don't. Well, they don't just show up and be like, "I'm just going to go into." This well, why are they making out. people wait if they know they don't have enough stuff for them? Maybe they just lost count or they they're understaffed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I appreciate a bar stepping forward, especially because I think you know during the AIDS crisis, you had a lot of bars come forward doing fundraisers, trying to raise money, mm-hmm. uh, doing advocacy. You know, the local bathhouse has been giving out. Um, uh, vaccines too, but it's like mm-hmm. our government really needs to step up. I talked to some of the people at Howard Brown the other day in Chicago, uh, in Chicago, which mm-hmm. is a gay men's health clinic. Cause I did go in and I did get the monkeypox vaccine, the first one. And they said that it is on the rise here in Illinois, especially. Mm. Wow. You had sex with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I never got tired. I of wish uh, uh, I we wish, but trying. I don't have so much time in the day. Yeah. Well, I, I went and got in line at one of those bars, you know, at, that had a line about 400 people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's Fausto's time to shine. No music. Yeah. A captive audience. And I'm just like doing all my best bits, you know, on the sidewalk. And I got like six people following me on social media. Can't and- take you nowhere. <laughs> Can't take and I'm like, hour. hey, I do a podcast. If you guys want to listen to it, and they're like, oh, you're so funny. La, 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 la. Will Matt be on the podcast talking about monkeypox? I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> Bunny was in line. Are you itchy? <laughs> no, I'm Carol Channing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to be real careful with that monkeypox. Just put some bananas on it and it'll be fine. I listen, if Carol Channing did a commercial against monkeypox, like as advocacy, like I, we need to bring her back from the grave. Just as you, we could do a hologram. Maybe. Oh, yeah. just, I mean, I mean like, if they Abba. can, if they can do a hologram, Whitney. Yeah. Like, I mean, before the pox passes by, I think it'll be a good idea. <laughs> This is Carol Channing but, uh, reminding you to go get your monkeypox vaccine. To, is, is it killing people though, or is it? Well, just it's just figuring. It's just figuring. But it could it, things could get worse. Mm-hmm. So we want to nip it in the. Right. We want to nip. Why don't we just well, all talk like Carol Channing for the rest of the podcast? Well, I think to be a little serious about this, I think this does have the potential to um, <laughs> have like a similar kind of effect yeah. to the um, AIDS crisis in terms of. I genuinely think this. Has has the power to really change like a lot of gay men's um, sexual practices like How? as a group because I think a lot of guys are going to be scared of this and so they're going to choose to go digital like they're going to choose to do like more sex on FaceTime sex on Snapchat like more things like that versus things that like are direct physical contact because they're just kind of like scared it's mm-hmm. Matt Brown's time to shine oh everyone's <laughs> already see him on Skype everyone's sure already seen my mates. dick everyone's <laughs> already seen it I'm trying but to convince people- everybody I know to do only fans. But did people yeah. did people during the COVID pandemic? I, I think there was probably a rise of people doing some digital I, stuff. I, but I agree. Uh, but you know, I don't know if it's been studied or documented. I don't or, think there's been enough time. Went. I don't yeah. think there's been enough time because like, I feel like after from, I don't know, my research and dating men in their fifties, um, I've, <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> noticed that like a lot of guys who, you know, are made it out on the other side of that and were very young during that time period. They're not always like really into anal sex really mm. because they still have the association of danger. Sure. You know, um, I mean, it was like, I came of age, like, you know, I started to really understand my sexuality as the AIDS crisis started. So mm-hmm. it was, to me, it was kind of like, wow, if you're gay, that means you're going to die, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's hard. 
And then I grew up with the if you're gay, you're going to die because they're going to like beat you up with a baseball bat and tie you to a fence like Matthew Shepard. So it's like the combo. It's like you're either going to die because the straights killed you or die Mm -hmm. because I don't know, you had fun with your Mm -hmm. people for one night. Well, with this monkeypox thing, too, that I I keep thinking about, I think about like when we talk to the AIDS activist Cleve Jones, he talked about how the United States government and other governments just kind of like didn't care much about AIDS because it was affecting gay men primarily. Yeah. But then he said, now look, look what's happened in Africa. It's mostly a heterosexual disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or an infection and you know huge populations have been killed because of it mm-hmm. and so I don't know like how will that if this gets out onto a college campus you know I think this is the beginning of Planet of the Apes <laughs> okay Roseanne Barr we're gonna okay. develop a, a cure mm-hmm. for that disease uh-huh. and that it's gonna make monkeys mm-hmm. and apes and orangutans because mm-hmm. it does come from monkeys right yeah because I know I, I read somewhere that like some kids were at a zoo and they got it from a monkey because the they were having sex with the monkeys <laughs> Just hanging out with monkeys. <laughs> Those poor horny kids. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> I don't like know. here, have a banana. That's not a banana. <laughs> Lick it. Still had to peel it open. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, those monkeys, you know, they'll they'll whack off and throw their jizz at you too. So I that's mean, how they caught it. I don't know. Anytime you, know? you need. My, a when I was in high school, my friend <laughs> my friend worked at the zoo. And so We'd walk up behind families that were in front of the baboon cage, and we'd just make a motion, like, jerk off to the baboon, Mm -hmm. and the baboon would immediately just start jerking off. (laughs) You have to say, though, you know, it's easy to laugh at monkey pox Mm -hmm. right now because the disease sounds hysterically funny. Mm -hmm. Monkeys are funny. But it's no monkey business, is it? It's no monkey business. (laughs) And, you know, right now it's not hasn't killed anybody. It's just, you know, making them look ugly. Yeah, well, you know. I just always wonder, like, I don't know, if you have, like, the pox sore in your asshole, after everything's better, like, how long do you have to wait till you're getting fucked? Because I'm telling you, if the doctor's telling these boys they got to wait, wait a week, they're waiting, like, seven minutes. Mm. You know, like, you're just going to be right <laughs> back out there, like, digging a new hole where no one's gone before. Well, like, I think that those holes get kind of d- deep. Okay. Well, the, the monkeypox holes? Yeah, I think, like, it's a, it's like, it's not just like a little surface thing. I want to say, like, it's intense okay. and painful. So okay. is that why they call chicken pox chicken pox? Because it came from people fucking chickens? I don't know if they were fucking chickens or just living in proximity. With <laughs> I chickens. don't know what happened in Puerto Rico when you were growing up, Fausto. <laughs> I have no idea what Santa Maria bullshit. It was bullshit. a rooster, not a chicken. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clearing up the Santa Maria ritual for me. I needed to know. <laughs> no, in Santa Maria, you do, this is a thing. Mm-hmm. You, you hold an egg. And you put all the awful things that are happening in your life into the egg, uh-huh. and you release it by cracking the egg and putting it underneath your bed. And that's how, like, you, you know, change the fate. What about shooting somebody? Oh, well, that's another, that's not Santeria. That's okay. violence. Knives are the preferred method. Okay. You want to okay. be close. Okay. I, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so you can feel the spirit pass. Yeah. And you yeah, fry yeah. the egg and you make a little, you know, sorbet or ice cream or a little frittata. I cannot imagine <laughs> egg sorbet being served by Fausto Fernandez. Uh, you though. know, uh, uh, eggs are an important ingredient in ice cream. They and are pudding. Yeah, French vanilla ice cream has yes. egg yolk in it. Th- yes. th- that's not Christian. Oh, it's delicious. Th- th- that's that's against it's God full nature. Flat, full uh, fat flavor. Eggs, Babs. Eggs, Babs. <laughs> eggs. I know the egg man didn't do it, Babs. I, <laughs> uh, I miss John Waters. I know. Make some more movies, John. He says nobody wants his movies. Yeah, because he's writing he books got, these days. Well, because he got kind of square. Is that right? No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not wrong. He was not pushing the envelope the way he was pushing the envelope with the. No, the re- his last movie. Movie Female was rated NC seventeen. What do you mean the envelope? He wasn't needs pushed? to go deeper and further. I said it. That's why that he hasn't been able to make a movie since two thousand three is because he the last one got rated NC seventeen, and so no one will ever give you any money after that. He should just do a GoFundMe like everyone else. Oh yeah, we have, yeah. Let's <laughs> do a GoFundMe when I have three homes. Let's do that. Well, that's, a, that's what a lot of filmmakers are doing now. They're doing a non fungible tokens <sighs> NFTs to fund their films, and you own a percentage of the movie. Ooh. And so it allows, you know, to have millions of people own that film and is the value of the film but or that's going to make go. distribution so easy. I, 
Well, it's ownership no of the film, you know. So there's no. Uh, that's a wreck. That's a fucking that's a logistical wreck. That's a nonsense. The, the, everyone's selling you snake oil and blowing smoke up your ass. Well, Mark and I saw uh, Thor: Love and Thunder mm-hmm. last night. It had a certain naive charm and lots of muscle. Lots of CGI muscle. Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, I guess he runs a fitness company in he addition a, to his yeah. career as an actor. And he has an app. As an app. Yeah, he has an app you can purchase. And he is in shape, but like when you when you see him naked and stuff like that, I mean, that's total CGI enhanced. And there's a lot of scenes where you're like, mm, is that muscle real or is that muscle fake? Yeah, it's like Instagram. Yeah. But moving. Moving. I've seen I've seen some stuff on Instagram that I'm just like, wow, that's amazing, you know? And it's like, listen, I, I believe catfish me, Chris Hemsworth. I'll take catfish the, me I'll all take the, the fake I'll take the fake bait. I, I'm in love with that man. He is beautiful, you know. And uh, Ryan Gosling is uh, says uh, he is neck deep in to play Ken in the upcoming live action Barbie I'm, film. I'm loving the photos that they have yeah. of him and Margot Robbie. I'm just kind of like interesting choice, Ryan Gosling for Ken. He said uh, recently on uh, a late night talk show, he said uh, he agreed to play Ken in the upcoming live action Barbie film after receiving a sign from the universe. His dick fell off. No, he got a dump truck full of money in his front lawn. Mm. I what, what some what nobody can break down to me is why are Barbie and Ken thirty eight and forty three? Like why why are they like middle aged? I don't get that. That is so weird to me. Isn't Barbie and Ken supposed to be like teenagers and shit? Shouldn't this be Ariana Grande and like Timothy Shamafuck or whatever? <laughs> like this is I so weird. I always assumed that they were twenty somethings. Okay, but yeah, like Margot Robbie kids. has like five years left before she's freezing eggs. She's not. I don't get this. <laughs> I don't get this. So uh, Ryan Gosling said he went to his backyard and other discovered an otherwise pristine shirtless Ken doll face down in the mud next to a squished lemon from a cocktail party he had the night before. So face down, ass up, laying next to a lemon. This sounds like a gay guy getting fucked in a car dealership in Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to Ryan Gosling's cocktail parties where they have a naked Ken doll and drinks. And lemons. And lemons. (laughs) All those lemons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It, it looks interesting. They they have him plucked and shaved, and hopefully he'll be ana- anatomically correct, but probably not. What if they have a nude scene and like he's got nothing down there? Wouldn't that be great? What if it's pixelated like he's from, I don't know, wherever they do the porn like mm-hmm. that? I, I can't think of a country right now. Didn't the, the Billy doll had a dick, didn't it? Yes. The yes. gay Billy doll? Yeah. Didn't and you used Andre, to own one? No, they were really expensive back in the day. Yeah? Yeah. And, and we always thought the they 80s. Were, it was like 80s, a right? it was like a, an anatomically correct Ken doll, but it was designed to look like uh, Tom of Finland designed it. Mm-hmm. So he was really muscular and vol- very shapely and big full lips. Are, are there any pictures of Ryan Gosling with the um, the uh, Ken Cochran necklace? Remember when he was sold with the, that was the highest the doll, selling barber, not, not the doll Ken Ken. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, not not uh, Ryan Gosling. Right, right. But uh, you, the the Ken doll that had a cock. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? No, there's a. <laughs> In the eighties, they had it sold a Ken doll. Earring had magic, co- earring magic. Ken doll was mm-hmm. out it, and yeah. he had a he had a cock ring basically on a necklace around his neck. And George Michael died broke. Yeah, I, and it was the biggest selling Ken doll ever, or Barbie ever. Right? It was it was because like I bought one of those. Mm-hmm. Like everybody bought it because it was like you know it was sixteen bucks of the Toys R Us, and it was you know he was wearing a cock ring. And then you could par- get one with Billy and have Billy and his, you know, twink boyfriend, Ken. And mm-hmm. I am sorry, you know, but yeah. I do not think my childhood would have been better if I had gay dolls. I just don't think. Well, didn't you just turn all your dolls gay anyway? I mean, no. the, I had Barbies. They came gay. Okay. Like, what, what, you made them kiss who, each who, other. Who did your Barbies fuck? I don't think they were doing I, any of it. No, I had G.I. Joe. So my G.I. Joe would fuck my sister's Barbies. <laughs> I don't think I was aware of that at that age. I really no, don't. You didn't have them like kissing and flopping around and taking I, their I'm clothes off. I'm barely interested in that as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll save you from getting monkeypox. Well, it was a, it was like a thing though of in the '80s. A lot of stand-up comedians would do jokes about Ken dolls, or there was a Mr. T doll, the Michael Jackson oh, doll with T. Eddie Murphy. Remember that in Saturday Night Live? And it's like you know, it's like uh, Mr. T if he was gay. Uh, having sex with Michael Jackson. He's like, you look pretty good. Mm. Drop down the pants, boy. Mm. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that bit. That's a, such a good bit. I mean, as Eddie Murphy is why I love comedy. Just to, 
in general today, you know, like my sister and I. Can you please tell that to everyone yeah. who's crying over Dave Chappelle? Like he literally would dedicate 10 minutes in every special to make fun of you and just you. And it's what got you into the goddamn art form. I need everyone to grow the fuck up, learn how to take a goddamn joke, listen with both ears. Well, That's all I want. Part of it is like, you know, wow. it didn't feel like it was at our expense. Mm-hmm. But it totally wasn't. You know? Who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. People make fun of you as a sign of fucking inclusion because if I don't feel like I can make a joke about you that means part of me thinks I need to protect you or worry about you and your tiny little feelings and that no no we're all equals well you know from most of the trans people that I understand with Dave Chappelle's humor is it's not that they just can't they can't take a joke about themselves it's just that these are the same old jokes okay but when gay comics do it they laugh and cry and act like it's fucking genius so I don't want to hear it I've been doing gay shows for six fucking years and gay guys and trans comics can say hacky stupid shit Mm -hmm. and the gay audience loves it so do they not like it when straight (laughs) people mention them do they only have this fucking expectation of intelligence and quality when they're straight or is it a bunch of fucking shit like I've been telling you for years I don't know you tell me well part of it is I think you know like uh, when you're a successful entertainer you have money you have a lot of people kissing your ass and telling you your shit don't stink Mm -hmm. you know everyday people like ourselves we well I mean you know I have a lot of people telling me my shit don't stink either Mm -hmm. or wanting to buy it (laughs) on Instagram yeah Uh, but you know that's a different thing like I'm not Dave Chappelle or Bette Midler or Macy Gray, who, you know, read some thought piece on social media, not realizing where it's coming from. And so they pr- fall prey to misinformation. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. every, so every famous person, they have to uh, be an ownership of their privilege of their position, but none of these people who are bitching at them on the internet mm-hmm. have to own up to their privilege of the fact they are infinitely more educated than the celebrities they're bitching at. And that if they know better, they fucking should. I'll tell you this. If, if, <laughs> Dave if Chappelle I did not finish made, the 10th yeah. grade. Yeah. Like Bette Midler f- did not finish, like get halfway through her theater program at fucking Hawaii university. These are not incredibly deeply educated people. Right. So if you're asking them to consider things like a college professor, you're getting your own feelings hurt and it's your fucking fault. But they're wanting to participate on social media and, and they have tons of money. And I'm like, all I'm just saying to these people is like every rich person, hire, you know, is full of shit. what are you talking about? Hire yourself an editor, hire yourself somebody to vet your tweets. So you're coming from a place of thoughtfulness and not just shooting off the cuff. That is their place of thoughtfulness. That that it's well, what, that is what they think. Let yeah. them be who they are, and if you don't like it, boohoo. Well, so like Macy don't, Gray, don't ask them to hire somebody to help well, you like them when you don't actually uh, like who they, they are. They hire when they show a publicist. You they hire a stylist. They hire a comedy writer. Why not hire a social media person either? You know, it's like it's just this weird thing that people have this expectation that it's my space. Yeah. And I'm going to do you know, my space. Remember, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. It's still around. It's still around. Justin Timberlake's like one day it's going to be popular again. And I'm like, I don't know. I just think money. that whole attitude of why yeah. can't they hire a PR person to stop them from saying things I don't want to hear? It's like, well, why doesn't my husband love me enough to not let me find out he's cheating on I'm me? I'm not asking like, them come to on. Stop. I'm not asking them to stop saying things I don't want to hear. I'm just asking them to to think before they publish. I think they did. I, well, th- I don't think so. I think they did. Uh, Bette Midler, so she posted on social media, women of the world, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even our name. They don't call us women anymore. They, did you ever know that you're my hero? They call us birthing people or menstruators or even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. And you know, and part of that is like, there's this idea that, you know, the word women is being taken away. Mm-hmm. I can't use that anymore. And there's a right wing meme. Yeah. That's, that's something like to, you know, Fox News to get people be like, I can't be, there's no real men or real women anymore. We have to vote Republican. The people that are really are trying yeah. to take away women's rights are the ones that are kind of putting this forward as though we're not allowed to say women. Like, they're the defenders of womanhood. Yeah. Who's uh, Pat trying to overturn Roe versus Wade? Mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. people are now saying, yeah. you know, are saying that Bet's a turf because of it. I think that, you know, I, I don't think, you know, and she's come forward and say, you know, I'm definitely not a turf and I'm, I fight for marginalized people. Um, you know, so, you know, look at my career and see what I've said over the years. And, you know, anybody who knows trans women know they are real women, because if you say anything that pisses them off, you will never live it down. <laughs> Mark would not let me post that on social media. Some things you I said that's to hear something you can tone. say on the podcast. <laughs> Some know? things you got to hear the tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that's I mean, one of the tonal it, it's ones. one of those jokes that like you're like if you disagree with it you're you're pissed you're gonna fuck up and you agree with it you're gonna fuck up and there's a lot of trans yeah. writers out there who are writing about this whole idea yeah. of of like this taking away the word woman you know people are just trying to be more inclusionary you know yeah. because people who identify as men or you know who are men have uteruses and are giving birth to people well yeah but isn't it very interesting you never hear the phrase men and non-binary people it's always women and non-binary people they are kind of collapsing a category to a certain extent I'm not saying that it's to the extent that they're acting about Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson fashion, mm-hmm. but I never hear anybody say, yeah, no, this is going to be a, a men and non-binary people showcase. It's always women and non-binary people. It's always we're trying to get away from men. It's always whatever a man isn't. <laughs> so, like, I just like that's Well, the let me ask you. So you, your Instagram handle is Miss MS mm. Brown Comic. Why do you use the MS? Okay, so we're going to talk about some very deep, interesting things that involve books, which most people don't read anymore. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't stand for multiple sclerosis. No. It stands for the feminine neutral. Miss Sissy. Mm-hmm. Miss Sissy. Miss Sissy yeah. Matt Brown. Well, because there's, uh, yeah. there, it's basically, it's a de- it's a literary reference and a pop culture reference wrapped in one. Um, whenever Whitney Houston would get chased by the paparazzi and they'd say Miss Houston, she'd always correct them and say Miss Brown. Oh. And I love the authority of that. I love the authority of that. So then you get deeper into it. So like one of the oldest pieces of literary erotica is Fanny Hill by John Cleland. Mm-hmm. And Fanny Hill's a prostitute. Her first madam's name is what? Ms. Brown. Oh. And then you get. She goes deep. And then you get deeper later. Deeper than those monkey pops. Absolutely. And then, you, <laughs> and then you get later into like European World War II gay literature. And Jean Genet wrote Our Lady of the Flowers. And that, was Divine in that? There's a drag queen named Divine in that book. Mm-hmm. And Our Lady of the Flowers is a man. But so the sentence construction will say things like Our Lady moved his graceful hand. So this whole title into pronoun into whatever y'all made it the fuck up. And so I went back a hundred years and went back that way. So you're kind of like doing a shout out to like literary history, pop culture history, and also just sort of like to all things that don't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, th- no, darling. I'm just kidding. They do matter and they matter very deeply because all this shit will still be around after all these non-binary people with their plants that they just got on their fucking Tinder profile. Oh, you are you are obsessed I am. with non-binary people and plants. I, I really you to am. Join the Chicago queer I know, uh, right? house plant collective. No, I'm sorry because I am like legit just wait, trying. Wait, 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 wait. You gotta you need to back up here. Wait. So what's up with the obsession with house plants and non-binary people? Okay, so I wrote co- I wrote this joke because I have started to like date again, <laughs> and so like when you go on the apps and stuff when you're gay, like you know yeah. the theys will also show up. And I'm telling you, every third person I have the option to swipe left or right on, it's a non-binary person with a fucking house plant. Like just every third person, it's just like smiling, <laughs> happy, like weird outfit, cool hair. Here's my house plant. It's every fourth person. So like uh, house plants are kind of like an erotic message system for non-binary. I people. don't know. I don't know if that's a connection. I don't know if it's like this. They want to show that they're loving and caring, and they can keep a house plant alive, and they could also keep you alive. Maybe to me, it's like or maybe that plant. Straight guys catch fish, and, and then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Straight guys have fish. You know. Non-binary people have plants. Like, to me, it's not a value. Gay men have abs. Yeah, like, to me, it's not a value judgment. It's just like, this is what I see. Precisely. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a value judgment. I don't think you're wrong for having plants. I don't care. I just think it's funny. Mm -hmm. That, like, doesn't matter how individual (laughs) we try to be. There's a stereotype to be found if you give us five minutes to be alone. (laughs) Like, kind of just doesn't matter. But, like, I don't know. what My whole thing is I... As someone who studied sociology and has a degree in it, all these terms that everyone uses, they get thrown away every 15 years, and that is the history of them. So I decided to go back very, very far back and say, listen, your shit's going to change. I'm going to stay right the same because I did my what's, research. What's going to replace non-binary? I don't know. Uh, but like we went from homosexual to gay to queer to like all these words keep changing. It went from Negro to Afro-American to black to African-American back to black. Everything keeps changing. I don't care what words they come up with because we're all going to be human beings with the same sort of variety of emotions. You can put a new label on it. Nothing's new. As as Mr. Rogers said, there are many ways to say I love you. There are many ways to show that I care for you. You know, Eddie Fisher's dead. (laughs) Sorry, I just couldn't help. He died quite a bit. That's uh. 
That's Carrie, uh, Fisher. Carrie Fisher's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the Who cheated on on uh, her, her mom, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds, with Elizabeth Taylor, and then left Elizabeth Taylor for Connie Stevens, and then left Connie Stevens for this very nice Filipino woman who took good care of him. Oh, yeah, no. And then I don't know. He had a bunch of plastic surgery. He was like mm. Eddie Fisher. Oh yeah. By the end, he had the whole face. Like, May I sing to you? His lips didn't move. <laughs> it was. It was. I was up more trying to channel Francois Scarsborough Clemens. Who's that? He was the first openly gay uh, black actor on children's television who played the black Howdy police duty? officer on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. What in the hell are you talking about? Did you take acid and dream this up? There is a black gay police officer in Mr. Rogers' well, Neighborhood. You didn't know that? He, he was not. I'm it? friends with him on Facebook. Yeah, he's amazing. Why he was did, on this show. I swear to God, everybody yeah. took different drugs than me because I just. <laughs> You're like, I just remember. There was remember. a famous thing where he, he washed his feet in the pool. Mr. Rogers washed Frank Swanson. What is this? John the Officer ba- Clemens. Is yeah. this John the Baptist? What the fuck? Yeah. 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 Basically, it yeah. was about, you know, because they were worried about having the um, integrated, you know, pools. integrated pools at the time. Did I ever tell you about that um, practical <laughs> joke my friend's neighbors set played on them? So my friend, uh, what year is this? So this is the seventies, probably. The 70s. I'd probably say mid 70s 75 it was the whole idea of like integrating pools and integrating schools in my hometown of erie pennsylvania and my friends working <laughs> class italian dad worked in a factory had a pool in the backyard mm-hmm. and got a letter one day in the mail <laughs> Uh, from an organization called SWANK, okay. uh, <laughs> acronym for Swimming with American Negro Kids. Ah! And it was, it was supposedly from like the Erie, uh, Erie government yeah. saying that a school bus was going to come with uh, black children and that they were going to come and swim in his pool in his backyard. Uh, he didn't have to provide swimsuits or towels. They will bring them on. But if they would, he would kindly provide a box lunch for all of the kids. Wait, just because he had a pool? He had a pool in his backyard and his neighbor played a prank on him. It had letterhead made I'm up. Sh- it was real letterhead, like which in the 70s would have been hard. Like he would have had to go to a printer. Yeah. You know what he I went mean? to a print shop to get it done. So yeah. my friend's dad, Letty, was just like, like what the fuck went down to the city government to oh investigate what the fuck was going Swing. on and was just like um, this is a joke sir this did not come from the government I'm a sorry. box lunch <laughs> what's a box lunch it's a lunch that comes in a little box yeah. so like a happy You've meal never gone on like a field trip and they gave you a box lunch so it's like the precursor to a happy yeah. meal no he yeah. grew up in Puerto Rico they'd stop the field trip send all the kids home they'd eat for an hour and a half and then they'd yeah. send them back on the field Take trip nap. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Puerto Rico we eat hot food. Yeah. Rice and beans, baby. Yeah, there's none of this box lunch. There's no cold sandwich. Little with fried chips. chicken, you know, pollo, pollo, what is that? Chicharrones oh, de pollo, mm. uh, which is pretty delicious. It's it's uh, seasoned cuts of chicken fried so it's crispy like pork rinds. It's delicious. One day when I get down to my goal weight, I'll allow myself to smell that. I don't think I can eat things mm. like that right now. Oh, I'll, I'll fry up a shit storm for you, baby. N- not, not. We'll fry up some plantains. We some fry yuca. Up. Oh, I love fried oh, yuca. Oh, fried yuca. I, need, I need to lose 15 pounds and you're not helping. Are you I trying know. to like get your summer beach body ready? Well, it's too late for that. By the time I get it, it'll be September. Well, that's but better late than never. No, I just start to... Uh, There are many ways to deny yourself pleasure. Well, yeah, and I'm just really, I don't deserve joy right now. I really don't. Oh, come on. You bring such joy to people. Why can't you have your own joy? Exactly. Let them have it. So would you just want to wallow in misery? No, it's not that I want to wallow in misery, but it's like, okay, I was drinking too much. had to cut that back. Like, uh, smoking too much. When was the last time you had a drink? It's been a while, huh? Mm, Like a month and a half. Wow. Which is like, when when you're uh, the tank that I used to be. I could just make bottles of fireball disappear. Um, it's a it's a big change. But like I don't know. I had to cut that back. I need to cut back on the smoking. Like I don't know. I just gotta get like. What on is the this like? Uh, what have you done with Matt Brown? Uh, he's, and bring him back. He's growing up. He's growing up every day. I'm becoming a man, Fausto. Oh my God! <laughs> I am a strong yeah. black woman. And all right. I am grown woman, and I make my own decisions now. And I make my own pies, like Octavia Spencer in The Help. I was more quoting Oprah when she was endorsing Obama over Hillary Clinton. Remember oh. that? I, I remember Ooh. I remember when she wanted Gail King to be president. That was a tough year. She did? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. No, uh, Pat Benatar says that she will not sing 
the song or its song, hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Uh, because she thinks that song glorifies mass shootings. Uh, is she also going to stop doing concerts because people stop buying tickets? Oh, <laughs> vicious. I, I don't know. That. She's waiting for her Kate Bush moment of her running up that hill. I'm running up that hill <laughs> to <laughs> be <laughs> with God. Oh, my God. She wants her number one in her 60s again. But with that thought, uh, she should probably not sing Love is a Battlefield because it glorifies no. war. Yes. And sex workers. You know, shadows of the night. It it glorifies uh, crime at night. All fired up glorifies uh, arson. Arson. I mean, she. You know, we belong. It glorifies ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I always thought "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" was uh, an ode to domestic violence mm-hmm. or against domestic. No, it's just like you. You think you're so tough, cookie, honey. You don't impress me. You know, that's that's what the lyrics mean. Mm. And and you know, I, I mean, listen. I think a lot of these pop stars just get sick and tired of singing their hit songs. I mean, like Jennifer Holiday, she, whenever she performs mm. anywhere, everyone's like, you know what you got to sing. Yeah. I'm sure it's in the contract. Like you yeah. will sing this song or you're not performing. I mean, do you really ever get tired of success? Yeah. Do you really yeah. ever get tired yeah. of the Absol- thing? Absolutely. I, I can't, ima- I can't yeah. imagine it. Cause I don't know. I yeah. come from classical music where like you learn an opera and you might sing it for 30 years mm-hmm. and it's your job to make it more interesting over that period of time. No one else's. So if you get bored, you're boring. The There's, music's not boring. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. I is told the you this story it's though. You. What Jennifer holiday was performing for a charity fundraiser. And I was there, I was working for a gay newspaper at the time. And I was there. Oh, remember those? Remember those. <laughs> and she was there and it was, you know, a crowd about 300 people, but it was, you know, pretty calm, chill, relaxed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and, and, and some of the people, you know, a lot of white guys who didn't know he, who even she was, right? <laughs> and, you know, she's standing there and she's like, I'd like to sing some songs from my new album. And everyone's just like, and I'm telling you, and I'm t- and the name of the song is I'm not going, but they're like, and mm. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you. And she's like, all right, Maurice, play yeah. the cassette. Mm. And I am telling you why. And yep. the whole crowd stood up roaring and like three or four gay Teens mm-hmm. went and grabbed the tulips from the p- tables and started shoving them in her face like, you are my diva. I love you so much. And she's mm-hmm. trying to sing this song and she's like, ha ha, wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? She's enjoying herself. And she is just like, it was like a well-oiled machine coming to life. Absolutely. As soon as she goes done the song, she's like, <laughs> yep. Yep. She yeah. turned off. That's that's she yeah. has that built into every muscle in her body that after that song's done, she's done. She's been saying it since 1984. Mm-hmm. You do a web series about Black Music Archive, yes, on YouTube. Divas. Absolutely. Black Music Archive. Absolutely. And it's mostly like a celebration and an understanding and analysis of how pop stars or, or black female singers mm-hmm. mainly um we have done yeah. some men um we just did a video on uh sylvester actually uh last month that's been working out mm-hmm. um but we've done videos on tina turner anita baker phyllis hyman um lots of different singers and lots no artha kit yet um, well, there's not much to talk about <laughs> how dare what you, you what's, what's the main gist of the uh sylvester one the main he's... gist of the sylvester one is sort of showing um his, his cultural place mm-hmm. uh there's actually more I sort of call it like the A&E biography section. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more setup in his video because you really have to understand where he came from, what kind of world he was starting in as a gay performer in the you know mid 60s uh, with this, the coquettes and mm-hmm. all that in uh, San Francisco. And, uh, you know, because people, uh, it's, it's a singular experience, really. There's very, very few from that generation that sort of brave and brash. I mean, there was Sylvester and before him, Jackie Shane and Little mm-hmm. Richard. But um Sylvester really went about as far as far and as you could go. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I saw a documentary about him, but I just love this one story. Um, and I think it was—is it the Weather Girls that were his backup mm-hmm. singers? At yeah, one point two tons of fun, Isola and, and uh, yeah. uh, Martha Wash. And they were talking about he—he he came forward to them and said, "Listen, you know, I'm dying, and I, I want you to sing at my funeral. Mm-hmm. And you know that song you sing?" And he named the song. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like. Don't sing that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sing something else. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. And I am till if I die before my time, Jennifer Holiday, if you're listening. Which would have been 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> just please come to my funeral and just like do the dance remix. The dance remix? Yeah, like 
40 minutes of ah <laughs> So like Donna Summer with a cold. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just. <laughs> I am That's part of her style. That's part of her individuality. Um, she yeah. sort of, you know, built that over time. Uh, are you guys, call me when you guys do the analysis of that. Oh, why? So you can just cough into a phone. I just want to hear it. I just want to hear like an in-depth analysis of her choices that she makes in singing yeah. that song. Cause it made her an icon. Mm -hmm. It made her household name. A video that we do feature yeah. her uh, a decent amount in is actually the video that we put out recently on uh, weight and the voice. Um, because she's someone who went through major, major weight loss mid career. And um, you know how, you know, your voice is a direct reflection of your health. And so how everything interacts, mm -hmm. that's something that's, you know, a lot of people are curious about and there's a lot of weird misconceptions. Is it, is it like the body fat is the fat around the neck? Is it all of it? Like fat in the face that kind of like affects everything? Uh, no, none of that stuff. No? It's really, it's your midsection because all okay. the muscles you use to support are your are in your thoracic cavity mm -hmm. or your intercostal muscles. And so when you've got a little extra weight in that area, when you take in that deep supported breath, all your muscles have a little bit more push behind mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. to really support you well. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's why you'll typically get a sound that seems so effortless and so free because, you know, the body gets mm -hmm. that little bit of extra help. And that's why opera singers typically seem large, right? Some, some. some. Um, yeah, no, the main reason that an opera singer, actually it's different. The main reason an opera singer needs to be bigger than the average person is because you need to eat a lot and you need to be very healthy to be able to deal with international residential travel. Like if you're going to live in Russia for two months and then be in Australia so you have to pack and then be in South America, you go. well, because the thing is you have to get through rehearsal, you have to get through these performances and you can't get sick. And if you have a little extra weight on you and you eat very well, nutritious food, you're not as apt to get colds and stuff mm. because opera singers don't get paid to rehearse. And, uh, they, if they cancel, they'd have no money. So you need to be in as good health, strong situation as you it's can be an opera singer, a shitty job. Damn hard work for very little money. Damn. Yeah, we have a friend of ours who's a bodybuilder, Paul LaRosa. Oh, well, where mm -hmm. is he these days? And Paul LaRosa, he, he, he kind of made his claim to fame in, in the, the, the Broadway adaptation of Carmen that mm -hmm. was you know touring all that stuff. And uh, basically, he sings in the beginning and the end. He plays you know one of the lead uh, soldiers. Mm -hmm. And everybody in that show is touching him because mm -hmm. like, he's so gorgeous, mm -hmm. you know? And he said to me that uh, actually he's played professional soccer mm -hmm. and been a, a opera singer. Mm -hmm. And he says that Singing's it's harder, harder to be an opera singer than to be an athlete. Yes, it's harder to be an opera singer than an athlete. Yeah. I still have uh, I, my stomach oh muscles my are still hard as a rock and I've never gone into a gym, but it's from the years of hard work. It, he wears one of those uh, shoes with, with like. Your toes are separated, you know? Mm -hmm. So you can firmly, yeah, so you suck can firmly toes. be on the ground. Yeah. And you yeah. can suck his toes or imagine that you're sucking his Zero toes. Zero desire to do that. You don't want to suck anybody's toes? Nobody. You're not into shrimping? I don't even like to eat shrimp. Really? No. I don't like shrimp either. The, the cockroaches are like You do like shrimp, though. If you have shrimp that has never been frozen, like fresh caught shrimp, it is out of this world. Scrimps. Scrimps. That's like saying that if you have sex with someone who loves you, it's fucking amazing. When's that going to happen, Mark? <laughs> when is that going to happen? Well, you have to love yourself first. Yes. Oh, I have. All, I don't have all day. What are, what are we talking about? Some love about? potion number nine. Just because you don't love yourself does not mean you are worthy of receiving or giving love. Wait, what can that's the opposite of what RuPaul says. Also, it's like, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen in here? And I'm like, uh, excuse me, RuPaul. Just because you're flawed does not mean that you're not ready for love. Well, what does Lizzo say? She's like, if you can love me, you can love yourself or something like that. I think that's, I think I, I, I like her. I, I like her too. So. Yeah. She's, she's like, she's the kind of person that I would be roommates with. I wish that you know? people <laughs> like, paid more attention to like what a good musician she is. She's not starving, honey. In no. the bank account or. No, you know but I, I don't know. She, I don't know. She, she doesn't get the attention for like being like smart. That she should. She needs to put out a 100% that bitch remix or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, that's really going to bring everyone around to the intellectual side of what she has to offer. <laughs> oh, so you feel like the the musical theorists, the academics, the journalists 
when it comes to music, don't mm-hmm. really appreciate what she's doing. I don't think she puts herself out in a way for that to be appreciated when it is a big part of who she is. I think she's a very intelligent, like sensitive artist who knows music yeah. theory inside mm-hmm. and out and knows how to play her instruments. And I think that that, that intelligence of what it takes to do that and that hard work, mm-hmm. that's getting lost in the glitz and the glamour and the hair and the body positivity, mm-hmm. which I think is all good and I want to see, but I want to see her not just be like this, uh, I look great and I'm confident and like I do this really cool R&B music. It's like, no, actually, I'm really fucking smart. Like, I'm really, really fucking smart and well-educated, and that's just as important as all this other stuff. I really respect her, too, because she did use the word uh, spaz in a song, and people came forward and be like, that's not really a a word you want to use because you don't want to call somebody spaz because it's short for spastic, and it's a medical condition that some people have. And she's just like, oh, I didn't know. And so she yanked it right out. And she's just like, you know, no harm, no foul. I would literally create a spaz dance remix to piss <laughs> everyone off. And I would have a video of people like completely losing their shit in the music video just to piss off everyone. Because I'm a child. And if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it 14 times louder in your face. Well, she's a grown woman. so she's Exactly. Smarter. She's smarter than me. Mm-hmm. So just like I said. I'm glad we all agree. Free <laughs> grown woman. And she can make her own decisions. Mm-hmm. And she loves you. I don't know about all that. She's saying she's crying because she, I love you. I don't well. Did you hear about the bakery out in the uh, northwest suburbs here in Chicago? It's like an hour and a half away from here. What's People the name like, of the bakery? Uprising Bakery. Uprising. And they're like, we need to support this place. I'm like, okay, I want to support it, but I don't want to travel an hour and a half to get a cupcake. They were going to do like a, a drag show on a Saturday, and people came and vandalized the building the night before. Because of the drag show. Now, you know, just because you're not a fan of drag doesn't mean you should, you know, vandalize something. What, two things. What is wrong with right-wingers and bakeries? Like the, our friend Josue the, Luciano, who does the drag cakes. Uh-huh. Luciano, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he gets just plummeted by right-wingers because they're like, you're not doing a straight pride cake. And I'm just like, go the fuck yourself. There's something about cakes and sugars and bakeries that people just, they want to keep it for their heteros. I think it makes mold grow in their people's heads or something like that. And then it's like, you know, I love drag and I love kids and I love all these kind of things. But, you know, I also don't like mixing my mashed potatoes with my dessert brownie. You know what I'm saying? Like in a, in a, I don't like want to have all the things in one bowl. And it's like sometimes it's nice just to have one thing over here and one thing over there. You want a drag in a bar where, you know, I she's drink half drunk and, and, and people yeah. are drunk and yeah. stupid. Don't bring or your on kids your television around. set. Yeah, it's like. But, you know, it takes on a different thing. It becomes more of like a character like Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse at Walt Disney World when it's in this kind of setting. Yeah, with a dildo. <laughs> well, they're not going to pull a dildo. They're not going to pull a dildo out, but it's a, you know th- there is this like exaggerated sexual aspect to drag. Not always, not anymore. They have they have oh, neutered drag for the children. The that's crim. disgusting. I'm just oh whoa. Why Sorry. why should the art form have to change because you want like money from eleven year olds? What the fuck is that? Like I'm I'm I, that's disgusting. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. Capitalism will take everything you love. And slowly strangle it to death. No, because now it's no. Because are they going to make bathhouses for fucking kids? Are they? Are we going to take babies on a tour of Steamworks? Like, where does it fucking stop? <laughs> where is. do we get to be gay adults? Did you know, like, where uh, the the Korean uh, spas? That's not a gay bathhouse. Well, it's not a gay bathhouse, but it is a bathhouse, and kids go to it. Yes, you know? there are. Yeah. You know, and but it's, it's like, not. and in other cultures, you know, it's perfectly acceptable. You know, it's just that Americans have just so much hang. My dad would take me to the Y. I would, I would, you know, shower naked with grown men. You almost said I would suck dicks. No, but I would shower with (laughs) the village people were playing. You felt very comfortable. It didn't mean it. You like, I mean, of course, it was you know erotic to me as a child, but it was also like it was also like normal, and that's just what you did. We have a lot of hang-ups about our bodies that I think that people in the past necessarily didn't. I just think we're about five minutes away from people fucking in front of first graders, and I'm grossed out. (laughs) I don't. I'm tired of it. I'm I'm tired. I'm telling you, they, they, they've removed a lot of that stuff where if they have those kind of jokes, the thing is with kids and humor, I, they, the humor either goes over their head or they get it. And if they get it, then they're mature enough to get it. Yeah. Get you out. Know what I mean? No, no, I'm just gone. Get you know? out. Like go fucking play <laughs> lacrosse and go be white in the suburbs and have a good night. Just stop fucking. Ugh. Every, I went to one of those drag queen story hours and stuff. Um, and there was children crying. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, ah! Oh. And it was just like, oh my God, the sound. And, and, and you know, part of it's like, just take your kid outside. Or it's, it's the same thing as children's theater. Uh, if the kid's crying, oh, yeah. 
Take him outside. Okay, so like in the movie theater. This and, past weekend yeah. on Friday, I was booked to do uh, the Chicago Hip Hop Theater uh, Music Festival, yeah. and uh, the producer did not tell me that it was going to be outdoors in the ninety degree heat. Did not tell me there were going to be teenagers all the way down to toddlers with their parents. I didn't know any of this, and so like when I get on that stage, I'm not being paid to work clean. I don't care that you brought your fucking baby. None of this shit is my problem for that. Who brought minutes. that fucking kid? So, like, Boo. I don't know. It can go any goddamn direction. So did you get booed? No, it went fine. But, like, I don't know. My thing is, like, looking the way I look on a stage, I was fully ready for some kid to see me, be afraid of clowns, and start screaming. That was 100 you kind of are your own drag queen story hour in some ways. Yeah. At least no. waiting. <laughs> well, let's see. Your let's, makeup. Let's go. So you no. wear makeup. Your hair is big. I, I have lip. that hair you when I lipstick. go. I, I have that hair no matter where I go. So yeah. that's not a part of anything. Are you wearing a lot of makeup, though? Sometimes. And you're wearing like loud, colorful, beautiful clothing. That's yeah. But it's I wouldn't say it's non like gender nonconforming. I mean, and you it's injected a silicone into your ass. No, my ass is flat, darling. Really? Yeah. That's I, all natural? I, this flat ass I was born. You have a flat ass? I have no ass whatsoever. Never had one. Not even when I was fat. Honey, you got some, you got some a, squats, baby. No, who cares? An ass can be built, but so could a home, and I'm not doing that. Well, would you like, ever contemplate or consider like putting saline or silicone in your butt? No, we I'm got a Home Depot right now. Uh, well, no. we, we got a Menards because Home Depot's right wingers. You know? <laughs> I oh, I actually know a guy who built a lot of Menards in Illinois, and he might be right wing. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I uh, I I grew up Southern Baptist. Now, thank God, made any mistakes. So I'm fine, just the way I am. Listen, listen, it's it's jo- man's job to finish yeah. what God started. And you're, and you're not a bottom anyway, so what do you need an ass for? Except exactly. For right? I, I do Precisely. notice, like, because I took a photo of my ass, because mm-hmm. I usually don't take photos of Pixar my ass. Pixar didn't happen. And and I posted on social media and it caused a commotion, you know? Oh, people were, like, writing to me, like, your husband's got a nice ass. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I said he doesn't have to send my ass pick out anymore. He used to send my ass pick Oh, yeah, out. I remember those days. You know? <laughs> That's how I first met you. Um, <laughs> I ran over here Mark so has fast. A beautiful ass. I saw my ass in the mirror the other day, and I was just like, "Damn, that damn, is honey." Well, do you remember that one time we were because st- well, we were trying to figure out which one of us was taller, me or Mark, mm-hmm. and we're standing back to back, and I I'm like, "Jesus taller. Christ, your ass is huge!" Like that's all I could think of. We were sitting back, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like you about knocked me over. It was it was a moment. Well, if there was a, like a fire in here, and someone said. Everybody got a whole ass. ass. You have to take two trips to get out of here. <laughs> Basically. Thank you, Rudy Ray Moore. Mm-hmm. Rest God in bless. peace. The godfather of rap. Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Listen, if you don't know who Rudy Ray Moore is, go go watch Dolomite, Petey Wheatstraw, Devil's Son-in-Law, anything. If you've never seen Richard Pryor live in Smokin', you are his first special from like 1968. No, like 1971, like before he was even famous yet, that first special. And it's literally him dying for 45 minutes. That was my mom's favorite comedy special. And like that's I that's just the definition of my fucking taste. That first Richard Pryor special. It's everything you need to know. It's just a great moment in time and culture to have these like a brilliant comedians shining. And they just, you know, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy in the prime of their careers, in the beginning of their careers, they just had this Midas touch of, of, of laughter. Mm-hmm. Anything they touch, just instant mm-hmm. gold. And, and it's like, I don't know if we have that. Maybe, have we lost the ability to laugh these days? I'm or? as good as it gets, Fausto. Oh, shit. We're fucked. I know, We're right? still laughing. <laughs> Matt, uh, it is so much fun to do the podcast with you. And I know you're like a rising star in the comedy scene. People write to me all the time. They come see you perform and you know, you just like, you're a one man show, a one person show. Oh God. Are you I don't want to miss gender. Oh yet. my God. You're about to get missed something. <laughs> I, but you know, you really do deliver the goods. And absolutely. You're performing a lot of places this week. Oh yeah. No, I've been at comedy yeah. bar absolutely all week. Um, but that's in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. You were in Indiana in I, South Bend. Yeah, I did. I always do South Bend, Indiana. I always do that club at least once a year. What's it and it's called the drop. I 
I love the owner. The and do So do your booty judge jokes there? Oh, absolutely. Every single time. And do they, how do they do? Th- they cannot stand his skinny white ass and it moves he's, me. He's moving to Michigan, so I don't know what his agenda is there. I know his husband was from Michigan, so maybe he's going to run for governor there or something. We'll maybe see. he really likes his mother-in-law. Oh, maybe. Um, because I don't think he's, I don't think because Indiana is so conservative, he's going to have much of a political career there. Um, well, what a fucking shame. I wish he could stay there and the career could die. I think that'd be what better. What is it when you got a guy's Pete Booty Judge and his uh, husband? And he's, his two children. He's useless. His husband's ugly. Those kids, nah. The whole thing's just a no. You're like the next door neighbor, like, get out of here now. Oh, yeah. No, totally. You'd be calling out the cops on them every day. I would literally bring them cookies with, like, fucking, like, laxatives on them. I would not... <laughs> And, uh, you're like you're like Kathleen Turner and Serial Mom. If they were yes, it, they. Oh my God, I, they would be dotty, <laughs> and I would be come get here, pussy face. Uh, that would literally that would be me to chase him in a hurry. <laughs> Did you hear what Matt Brown said? I'll to me? get you, pussy face. <laughs> I oh yeah. Oh my God! I can't wait. It, that's so sad. That's why I need John Waters to direct one last movie. So I, so he I should direct before he me. dies. He needs one more. Film. He needs to direct me. That's what needs to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll start a Kickstarter for it. So, uh, kick me in the ass and just send me to his home. I'll just I don't know. We'll write the script together in his office in Baltimore. It, well, first you got to get the restraining order lifted. Okay, I then. I was very precocious and I had good intentions. <laughs> He's like, get that woman away from me. What? Leave the wig, get rid of the lady. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, we don't know what she is, but we love her anyways. Our lady of the flowers. Miss Brown Comedy. Follow her on Instagram. Of course, Fausto Fernos on Instagram. I do provide bodybuilding coaching for people for the low price. This is for the listeners. So outside of the show, if you approach me, you come at me correct or wrong. Mm-hmm. It's one twenty nine for the hour. I do $99. I will talk to you about anything. I mean, life coaching, bodybuilding coaching, anything. And we work on a little document and we see where you're at and where you're going and what you've been doing and how to, you know, find a good personal trainer, what, what you want to do to get to where you want to be. And it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's going pretty well actually for me. I have like three clients. Yeah. This and, past and week. Have they written you reviews or are they telling you? Well, there's no helpful? review. They just say that was really great. And they're like, I'm worried you've been going to ask you too many questions. And I'm like, listen, honey, I'm just here. I just want to help. Now, if <laughs> you can't afford help. Fausto and you only have $49 an hour, I'll just cuss you out until you hang up. <laughs> I, I, you know, you probably could do that. Oh, there's got to be some 1-800, you know, like number. Insults, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like 1-800, I miss my abusive mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, has anyone ever approached you to be like a sadomasochistic, sadomasochistic top? No one ever thinks of me sexually, Fausto. I scare people. Well, no, just to insult Because you're not wearing a leather harness. I, I would never. What the fuck do I need all those appliances for? Jesus Christ, am I a fridge? But people know. Like, I'm here for the. I take could it. totally see you like having a second career as a sadomasochistic top. A dominatrix. Yeah. I, okay, but the thing is, yeah. by the time I'm that age, I'm fully gonna look like Ed Asner. So, <laughs> like, I'm. It's gonna be very Lou Grant. It's not. Gonna you can be just hot. put on a wig. You know, get a cincher. Get a cincher. I'll look like Mariah Carey. Oh God, because you know she weighs two forty when that corset comes off. You know, she doesn't even move her own body when she dances. Well, if she turns her neck to the side, you see things. And she's like, mm. all of her pictures are taken with her head tilted very far upward and the camera even higher. You remember that the, for a while there was a All I Want for Christmas. Her audio mm-hmm. from her rehearsal was being like, leaked oh, on the yeah, internet. from like 10 years ago. And she's like, oh. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> it's a good time. I actually worked that into a performance when I was performing in drag. And uh, the crowd went wild. They, they loved it. They oh, yeah. absolutely. People are like, you're, sh- you're so old and you move so fast. <laughs> they like, still say you. that to me. Fuck you. Have you. No idea. They're like, it's so nice that seniors get to perform on stage as well. That's how the young gays talk to me and it hurts. It hurts. They're like, uh, here's your AARP. I got my AARP card in the mail. Well, you've been 50 for a grip, haven't you? For a couple months. Okay. Just a little bit, a little something, something. Y- you weren't borrowing marks to go to fucking Denny's at 2 at the p.m.? We can like, get a, a, what is it, a Grand yet. Slam? 
the a root and to tootie, like fresh and fruity. Oh, damn. Like okay, you're still in your 50s and keeping it together. So, yeah. too late. So, yeah. So, Fausto Fernos on Instagram. I, I check that pretty often. Of course, Facebook. And uh, Mark Felian with a C mm-hmm. for F-E-L-I-O-N. cookie. For crunchy. Oh. For cutie. Oh, thank you. For cunty. <laughs> or you can also uh, mail us at mail at feastoffun.com. Yeah. M-A-I-L. We're always looking for guests for the podcast. So if you'd like to come on the podcast and you think you've got a good story to tell or some ideas, uh, let us know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here a think tank. Mm-hmm. A think pink tank. For whatever reason, Matt is like laughing, laughing, laughing. Because you spelled out mail and email like this is she-mail from Drag Race back Listen, before RuPaul got canceled. You don't know. <laughs> People are out there like mail, M-A-L-E. <laughs> M A I L. You got to. You have to. At you have to, have to spell it out. Oh, well, because uh, you know, we some, have a lot of people who listen to the show. Who, like English might not be their first language. I so I, I, I know that, I, that I'm not laughing at them. <laughs> I'm happy for. Them. Well, you know, like my generation, we grew up masturbating to international mail. M A L E. There's a documentary being made. It's uh, made. It's. Yeah, they're it. they're marketing it now, and so we're trying to get Brian Bazzini, who I, I can't even tell you how many times I masturbated to that man's photographs when I was eighteen. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's going to want to come on the podcast now. You know, oh yeah, I told him, and he said, "Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome." He sounds like Carol Channing. Uh, don't we all after a certain hour of the night? <laughs> Who's calling me now? I'd like to propose a toast to what? Durkinow. <laughs> <laughs> I get thank so you, horny and uh, I, I like the photos the for listening. I thank the <laughs> listeners for listening and masturbating to my photographs. You can write a review on iTunes. You can write a review and, uh, and say nice podcasts. things. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Spotify, Spotify Podcasts. And just remember, in a pinch, pre-cum is an adhesive. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Mm-hmm.